Well, on Wednesday, this past Wednesday of the week, uh, I had the chance to celebrate the Mass for our school, for the students of the school, which uh, was it's always a fun experience. I love to celebrate the school mass because our students really have to be honest. They're really, really well behaved. I have to be honest. They're very, very reverent during mass, and it's wonderful. I can say that. I know. I see some of you are here who I saw on Wednesday, so I can say that for sure. Uh, and Wednesday also happened to be the feast day of Saint Luke. So on that day, I shared with the students a story. I told them, I'm going to tell you a story about Luke, uh, but it's not going to be about St. Luke. It's going to be about a different Luke, which is Luke Skywalker, right, from Star Wars. So I'm going to share with you the same story I shared with them then. If you don't like Star Wars, you're not interested, it's going to be short, I promise. It's not going to be too long or too boring, I hope. Uh, but the story I shared with the students that I'd like to also share with you today, because I think it's very relevant to the gospel, it's relevant to Jesus' story, what we just heard, involves one of the original Star Wars movies, not those new ones that they made, you know, the ones that nobody likes, but the original ones, you know, the ones way back in the day, right? Uh, the, the second movie, which was episode five, it's called The Empire Strikes Back. And very briefly, what happened in that movie was that uh, Luke Skywalker was being sent to another planet. He's being sent to a far planet to train to become a very strong, powerful Jedi master. And so he's sent to this planet called Dagobah. And when he goes there, he's told to go there, and he's told to find the Jedi master who's going to train him on how to be you know, the wise and strong, powerful warrior. And so he looks around the planet, and he's trying to find this master who's going to teach him. And the whole trip is a, is a disaster. As soon as he lands on the planet, it's nothing like what he expected it to be. It's a very swampy, nasty kind of planet. His spaceship gets stuck in the swamp. It's stuck in the mud. He can't get out. And as he's trying to find the Jedi master, all he finds is this really short little green alien, right, whose name is what? What's his name? Yoda, right. See, oh, you guys know, right, exactly. All he finds is Yoda, and, and he, he thinks Yoda is so annoying, and, and he comes to find out that this Jedi master that he's seeking, this powerful leader, this powerful warrior who's going to teach him, is, in fact, this small 900-year-old alien who walks with the cane, who can barely talk, who can barely walk, and Luke Skywalker is fed up. He says, no, I'm supposed to find the big, strong master who's going to teach me the ways of the Force. You can't do anything. What can this little alien possibly teach me? And so he says, that's it. I'm going to give up. I'm going to leave. So he gets in his spaceship, and he tries to fly away, but he, he's still stuck in the mud, and he can't lift the spaceship out of the mud. And so he's, he gives up. He says, I'm never going to be able to do this. What do I do? And just then, Yoda, the small 900-year-old, small little alien, he comes over and very, very easily, with one hand, he lifts up the spaceship and moves it and sets it right down on the side of the ground and frees the ship so that Luke can leave. And Luke Skywalker is just amazed. He, he, he looks at the ship and he looks at the small alien Yoda and he says, I don't believe it. And Yoda's response is, and that is why you fail. And that is why you fail. He failed because he didn't believe. He couldn't believe. He couldn't bring himself to believe that something so small, something so seemingly insignificant 
could do something so powerful. And now you see the connection, I hope, between the gospel and between what we're talking today. You know, faith is a, a funny thing in this sense, in that there are many, many people in the world who claim to have no faith whatsoever, right? Many people who say, I don't have faith in God. I don't have faith in Christ. I believe in other things. I believe in the universe. I believe in science, but I don't believe in religion, which in and of itself is kind of strange because science and religion, they don't go against each other. They, they work together, but that's for another time. But, you know, the fact of the matter is that faith is really what drives our entire life. I mean, every single person, even those who claim they don't have faith, are still living out of faith on a daily basis, right? Every single time we cross the street when there's a red light, we have faith that the person driving that car is going to stop and not hit us, right? Every time we go to a restaurant and we eat something, we have faith that the person who cooked that meal isn't trying to poison us when we eat the food, right? When we get in an elevator and go up to the 12th floor of a building, we have faith that the person who built that building in the elevator knew what they were doing and the building's not going to fall down. Our entire life is driven by faith. And for the people in Jesus' time, they too had faith but their faith was very often misplaced. In fact, their faith was very often placed in the hands of the powerful people of the world, the people that the world saw were powerful, rather than in the weak, in the meek, and the people like Jesus who came in very humbly and yet were truly the ones who had power. See, for the people, for mo actually for most of history, really, you know, like politics and religion were pretty much one and the same. They were linked together. A lot of places in the world are still kind of the same. They don't know the separation, but it was especially true back in the day. You know, like for the Egyptians, for example, you know, the Egyptian pharaoh was the leader of the Egyptians, but he also was a god as far as the Egyptians were concerned. Even Julius Caesar, who was the political leader of the Romans, still after his death was revered as a god. They were considered one and the same. The Pharisees who were the Jewish leaders of the time, who also had some influential political power. There was a body called the Sanhedrin. They were the Jewish authorities. They had to sort of contend in this weird political world with the Romans as well. The Pharisees, or the Sanhedrin, and the Romans, they didn't really agree on much. In fact, they didn't agree really on anything except just one thing. The one thing that the Pharisees and that the Romans agreed on was that this person, Jesus Christ, has got to go. That's what they agreed on, that we need to get rid of him. That was the one thing they agreed on. And so they sort of towed this strange line. It's why even before the Pharisees and the Jewish people could condemn Jesus to death, they had to go and get the permission from the Roman Empire first. So they went, and that's when they went to Herod and Pilate, and they got the permission to execute Jesus, and then he was nailed to the cross. But as the Sanhedrin condemned Jesus to death, before they did this, they wanted to trick him. They wanted to trip him up. And so they asked him this trick question that we hear, right? Do we give our money to the poor or do we give our money to Caesar? Of course, it's one of those things where no matter what Jesus answers, they're going to get him on it, right? If he says, give the money to the poor, they're going to say, ah, this man says, don't pay your taxes, right? If he says, only give it to pay your taxes, he's going to say, oh, he doesn't care for the poor. They were trying to trip up Jesus, and his answer is brilliant for several reasons. When he says, look whose picture is on that coin. It's Caesar's picture on the coin. Give it back to Caesar, right? 
Give to God what belongs to God. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. In doing this, Jesus is doing something that really had never been done. He's separating the two worlds. He's separating the things of the world, the politics and the problems and the taxes and all this kind of stuff from the realm of heaven, from the realm of religion. He's saying, you give to Caesar what is Caesar's, you give to God what is God's. You can be a good citizen and you can be a follower of God at the same time. This was a concept that was so, so foreign and so strange to the people. And that's really where we get back to our topic of faith comes in. Because like we say, a lot of the people, their faith was very misplaced. Their faith was only placed in these figures who they viewed as sort of divine leaders. And God is saying, uh, Jesus is saying, put your faith in my Father instead. You can trust the people on earth, but don't put all of your hopes and don't put all of your faith and your dreams in the things of this world and the politics and in the, the mess and the things that are happening in this planet. Because if you do that, you're going to be let down, right? You're going to be sorely disappointed. But instead, give to God what is God's, which is nothing less than we ourselves, right? We ourselves are God's people. We ourselves are God's treasured possessions, right? When we look at ourselves in the mirror and we see ourselves, we know that we were created in the image and likeness of God, right? So when God says, give to God what belongs to God, he's saying, give to God nothing short of you yourself, of your life. You know, I think this is the thing, is that as we go through our lives, especially nowadays, especially nowadays, and we turn on TV or we, we, we go online and we see all of the problems and everything happening in the world, it's a really strong reminder that we can't put all of our faith in the things of this world, right? We can't just say, okay, the world is what it is and whatever, I'm going to trust this, and if the world ends, then there, there goes my life, and that's the end of it. No, of course not, because if we put all of our trust in the world, we're going to be let down, right? I mean, just look at the world, right? You turn on the news, and it's Ukraine, and then Ukraine's story finishes, then it's, you know, Israel and Hamas, and then that story ends, and then it's, you know, the latest shooting in Detroit. I can say this, I'm from Detroit, it happens all the time. Uh, you know, the latest shooting that happens in Orlando, right? I mean, it's constantly, it's one thing after another after another, and if we put our faith and say, ah, things are just going to work themselves out, we're going to be sorely disappointed. There's over how many Catholics, or how many Christians, rather, in the world? There's something like 2.8 billion Christians in the world, right? Or people that call themselves Christians. Of course, there's a difference between somebody who calls himself a Christian and somebody who lives a Christian life, right? That's the key. But our calling today is to put our trust and to put our faith in Christ. In the time of Jesus, this time we're talking about, when they really tried to trip up Jesus, as we say, very few people put their trust in him. Just like Luke Skywalker with Yoda, right? Very few people put their trust in somebody who they viewed as very weak and very not so powerful. But the church began to grow very quickly. And St. Paul, he, he congratulates the people of Thessalonica. He thanks them because they're showing faith. They're planting the root. They're planting the seed of the faith that would eventually grow into the church that we have today. It's nice to be congratulated, and it's nice to be welcomed every now and then for our faith, and I think that's important for us too, is to give ourselves credit that when we see the world and we see things going bad, if we're able to keep our faith despite all the craziness that's going on, we're going to be well rewarded. We're going to be well rewarded. You know, Christ tells us that faith is believing in what we do not see, right? That's the definition of faith. It's believing in what we do not see. The reward of faith is what? It's that one day we will see what it is that we believe, right? Like we say, there's a lot of troubles 
going on in the world, it's very easy to lose faith. It makes us lose heart. It makes us feel disappointed. It makes babies cry. There's a lot of bad things happening in the world, right? 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 I'd cry too if I'd cry too if I put all my trust in the world, right? Exactly. But if we put our trust in Christ, if we put our faith in the Lord, the crying stops. See? If we put our trust, absolutely, right? See what happens? See? See? See what happens when you put your trust in God. The problems go away. You start to feel free. You start to feel at peace. Let's make that our prayer for today, okay? That no matter what problems are going on around us, remember, we are people of Christ. We put our trust in his divine mercy. If we do this, the powers of the world will never prevail against us, okay? Let's pray for our world, and let's especially keep praying for ourselves, okay? Amen.